Welcome to the Finding Freedom with Food podcast. I'm Cindy Fox, certified intuitive eating counselor, coach, and registered health professional. If you've spent years struggling with food and body image issues, and you're tired of having stress around food control your life, I'm here to help. Here on Finding Freedom with Food, I teach you how to step away from dieting, learn to trust yourself with food, and eat intuitively. Each week, I'll be dismantling unhealthy diet culture practices that are keeping you disconnected from your body's innate wisdom, and I'll be sharing my best tools, strategies, and mindset shifts to help you rebuild the peaceful, sustainable relationship with food in your body that you were born to have. In addition to this podcast, I'm always sharing free resources on my website, findingfreedomwithfood.com, and social. So find me at finding.freedom.with.food on Instagram and findingfreedomwithfood without the dots on other social platforms. Eating really can be effortless, pleasurable, and fun again. So if you're ready to get reacquainted with the intuitive eater inside of you, let's dive on in. Well, welcome back to Finding Freedom with Food. I'm your host, Cindy Fox, and I am going to be diving into a topic today that I think is going to really resonate with all of my listeners who have a history of chronic dieting, and that is the infamous starting over tomorrow mantra. You know what I'm talking about, right? How many times have you said that to yourself? It's a tale as old as time for chronic dieters, right? And there are a variety of scenarios for how this can play out. So one scenario is you have been good during the entire work week, and it might look something like you had an egg white omelet with veggies for breakfast, you had salad for lunch, and then some lean protein and maybe some veggies for dinner. You resisted your cravings for bread, pasta, sweets, and other carbs, that you believe are so bad for you and that will make you gain weight. Then the weekend happens and your cravings are on overdrive, right? You think, well, you know what? I've been good all week. I deserve a treat. So you give in and you eat that pizza or pasta or French fries or ice cream or cookies or any of the foods that you have been restricting. And all the while you're eating it, you're thinking, oh my God, this tastes so good, but it's so fattening. I can't believe that I'm eating this. I shouldn't be eating this. But once you've started, you think, you know what? I blew it now. Well, what the hell? I might as well just keep on going while I can because I know that I'm going to have to get back on track with my diet. I'm going to have to start over on Monday. Now, once the weekend's in the rearview mirror, what happens? Well, you wake up with overwhelming feelings of guilt and shame because you totally ruined your diet. You overindulged in all the bad foods that you work so hard to resist all week. You feel a little bloated. You're really mad at yourself for overindulging and you berate yourself for losing control again. So you start the week with the vow that you are starting over and this cycle continues. So here's another scenario. So maybe you're stuck in the daily battle that starts with having coffee for breakfast because you know that it quiets your hunger pains. And then your first dabble with a bit of food maybe is around noon. You're feeling pretty good about yourself for being good and restricting temptation. As the afternoon progresses, your energy level starts to dip, right? Thoughts of food are running around in your brain, but instead of eating, you drink some water, maybe you chew a piece of gum. 
Come dinner time, your cravings are raging. You're snacking on the chips or the cheese, the olives, the crackers, or whatever you can get your hands on while you're either preparing dinner or you're waiting for your food order to be delivered. And then a third scenario may be that you eat three meals a day, but you have a long list of restricted off-limit foods. So when you crave the egg sandwich in the morning, the bread's a no-no. So instead you get an order of egg bites and a fruit salad. And then instead of the sandwich that you know you really would be enjoying, you eat a salad with grilled chicken and you hold the croutons. Then you come home for dinner, you have that lean protein, the steamed veggies, maybe you add a half a cup of brown rice. But an hour later, your body is screaming for something sweet, crunchy, carby, and satisfying. And what you really want is a cookie, but cookies have too much sugar, right? And they're bad, so you say. So instead, you eat a rice cake with sugar-free jam. But you're still not satisfied, so you grab a low-fat yogurt and you add a couple mini chocolate chips to it. But that didn't quite do it either. So then two low sugar fudge pops later, you're back in the pantry, you eat five of the cookies you wouldn't allow yourself to eat in the first place, and you stand there wondering what the hell just happened. Not only do you feel bloated, maybe a little bit nauseous, you're pissed off at yourself for doing it again. You wonder, why can't I control myself with sweets? It's the familiar feeling of guilt and shame that takes over, and you vow that you're never doing this again, you're starting over tomorrow, and this time, you're going to stick to your plan. Now, if any version of these scenarios resonates with you, I don't want you to worry. I am not in your head. The thing that I want you to know is you are so not alone, not by a long stretch. This is something that so many people, especially women, have experienced. It's the, I'll just start over tomorrow, on Monday, after vacation, next month, whatever. It's the start over diet cycle. Now, the second thing that I really want you to know is you're not a failure and there is nothing wrong with you. I swear, your body is doing exactly what it was biologically hardwired to do. For starters, our bodies are in constant pursuit to keep us alive, and it's incredible how our bodies are hardwired to combat starvation at a cellular level. Now, your body doesn't know if the food restriction is coming from a famine or that it's self-imposed. It just knows that it has a problem to solve, and if you're not eating enough, brain chemicals are going to sense danger from decreased nourishment. Your metabolism is going to slow down because it needs to protect stored fat for future energy. Your appetite gets stimulated, thoughts of food become obsessive, and then intense cravings ultimately will lead to overeating restrictive foods. This is an involuntary process that your body is genetically pre-programmed to go through in response to food deprivation. Now, satisfaction is another aspect that fits into this equation. Our bodies crave variety for a reason. It's how we're able to get the nutrients that we need to keep all of our bodily functions running smoothly. For example, carbohydrates are the number one source of fuel for our brains. And if you've been restricting carbs, your body will serve you cravings for carb-rich foods. If you're craving a specific food and you eat a replacement for it that isn't satisfying, you know what happens, right? you crave something different. If you don't eat enough to satisfy the level of hunger that you're at, you'll continue to have thoughts about food and you'll likely be on the prowl for something that will satisfy your cravings and your hunger. Now, as you can see, it's dieting restriction that is the real setup for failure. 
the backlash eating created by the deprivation from restrictive dieting is your body trying to protect you and keep you nourished. However, without this understanding, dieters take this as false evidence that they can't control themselves around restrictive foods. And this is why the cycle happens over and over and over again. I personally have experienced this cycle too many times in my life to count. And sometimes I would double down after a period of non-restraint with my eating and I'd put myself through the torture of a juice cleanse or a fasting protocol, which honestly only exacerbated the pattern. It was terribly unkind to my body and it was completely unnecessary. So how can you put an end to this relentless starting over cycle? Well, what if starting over looked different the next time? What if it started with a moment of self-compassion? You're coming off a weekend of overindulgence or a morning after a mindless eating fest and pantry raid. What if you decided that this time you replace the guilt and shame with compassion? I mean, let's face it, you didn't murder anyone, you didn't steal the food that you consumed, right? So take a deep breath and be willing to be open to consider the possibility that your current behaviors are not serving you, that you're not coming from a place of self-care with your behaviors, and that your diet-centered behaviors and food rules are creating more harm than good. Hating, berating, and shaming yourself toward positive change that shit does not work. The key to making positive changes is to begin shifting away from guilt and shame and toward self-compassion. And research has shown that self-compassion can help promote change and is particularly an important tool in helping people improve their relationship with food. So I encourage you to make a commitment to stop criticizing or bullying yourself after overeating or after a binge eating episode. It's gonna make it a whole lot easier to be objective in evaluating your behaviors, as well as identifying those vulnerabilities, those maybe thought errors and changing unproductive behaviors. Now, the second thing is really important, and this is don't skip breakfast or avoid eating enough throughout the day. This is the behavior that got you into this predicament in the first place, and it's likely to be a setup for overeating later in the day. Now, I know this may take a bit of mind shifting to wrap your arms around, but the best thing to do after an evening or a weekend of overindulging is to start your day with eating a balanced meal and make it a point to eat consistently throughout the day to keep your body fueled. And I also recommend try and include a combination of protein, carbs, fat, and some fiber into your meals and your snacks. Your body needs to relearn that it can trust that you're not gonna keep putting it through mini starvation episodes. Once your body actually starts to experience regular and sufficient nutrition, it can relax and it can normalize the signals that it sends you. This is the biology part. Now, the next thing is around your thought patterns because they need an overhaul too. The next time you come off a period of overindulgence, it can be vastly different if you decide to take a step back and get curious about your thoughts about food, how these are actually impacting your eating patterns, and what type of relationship with food that your thoughts are creating for you. 
Now, most of us who have a history with chronic dieting have a long list of food rules we've adopted over time that we've been taught by a society who is deeply rooted in diet culture and that have been reinforced by the media, by family, by friends, and our social circles. And here are some examples of food rules and the diety thoughts and beliefs that you may have, right? One is, you know, eating gluten or carbs or sugar or any of these other foods we restrict, that eating those things are unhealthy. Or eating after 6 p.m. will make you gain weight. Or you should only eat five small meals throughout the day. Or you need to eat 1,200 calories or less a day in order to lose weight. Or this is certainly one I can relate to. I try to just have coffee in the morning because eating breakfast makes me hungrier throughout the day. Here's another one. You know, I'm good when I stick to eating quote unquote clean foods and I'm bad when I allow myself to eat processed foods. Or here's one. I should not have eaten the cookie. I totally blew it. I can't control myself when I eat sugar, so I must be addicted and I should never eat it. Or I could just never stick to a diet because I don't have enough willpower. There's definitely something wrong with me. Now, these types of rules and beliefs, they are extremely problematic. They leave you disconnected from your body's internal wisdom, which provides you with very natural cues that tell you when your body needs fuel, how much it needs, as well as what types of foods will keep you energized and satisfied. Now, also the foods that you deem as bad, unhealthy, and that you believe will cause weight gain, they're gonna retain their forbidden status and that will continue to hold power over you. When you do give in and you eat that restricted forbidden fruit food, the likelihood of overeating those foods is gonna greatly increase. And this drives that what the hell effect, I'll just start over tomorrow, diet cycle pattern. Now also eating behaviors that are driven by restriction and deprivation are not caused by a lack of willpower. They are your body's natural response to food restriction. So I wanna encourage you to do this exercise over the next couple of days, two or three days. Pay close attention to the thoughts that show up for you around food. What are some of the rules that you try to adhere to? What thoughts come up when you're hungry and you have a craving? What thoughts do you have when you're eating or restricting specific foods? Record the thoughts on paper throughout the day. Then notice and reflect on how these thoughts impact your food choices, your cravings, and your eating patterns throughout the day. Now, the fourth area is to use this insight to identify small changes you can make to create a more peaceful and sustainable relationship with food. And here are some things that I want you to consider. Do you need to befriend your hunger versus fight against it? Denying our biological hunger often leads to overeating. It's not uncommon for a chronic dieter to deny biological hunger by doing things like drinking caffeinated beverages, filling up on water, chewing gum, or other behaviors. But this has a tendency to backfire. When hunger is denied, physical and psychological hunger is going to increase, and this leads to that urgent and intense desire to eat, and it often results in overeating. Now, instead of viewing hunger as the enemy, we need to see it as our body's natural way of communicating its needs. Tune into those subtle cues, the growling stomach, the gentle emptiness, and remind yourself that those cues are your body's way of just telling you it needs fuel. Now, 
Also, do you need to focus more on satisfaction? Now, diets put a lot of emphasis on what you can't have, what you need to avoid, and it can leave you feeling unfulfilled. Intuitive eating, on the other hand, it encourages us to explore what truly satisfies us. And because when a meal or a snack is not satisfying, it's going to leave you wanting more, and you're more likely to engage in out-of-control eating behaviors. Now, you also want to move away from labeling foods as good or bad and work toward giving yourself unconditional permission to eat. And I do understand and recognize that this feels counterintuitive when you've been dieting for what seems like forever. But when you stop labeling foods as good or bad, you remove the allure of, again, that forbidden fruit. This shift alone can dramatically reduce the urge to overindulge. Now, the process for making peace with foods that you restrict, it can definitely take some time. The process requires slowing down, tuning in, and being mindful when you're engaging with foods that you've been restricting. But here's the thing. After consistent exposure and when you truly believe that that food will be available when you want it, the heightened excitement and over-desire will start to dissipate. And your body and your brain will just start to see it as one of many options that you have to choose from. And this is really where the magic is because your cravings will start to realign with your body's need for nourishment instead of being over-focused on previously forbidden foods. And this is why intuitive eaters have been shown to have an increased intake in nutrient-dense foods. They've shown to eat a wide variety of foods and have reduced disordered eating symptoms in other words, restrictive dieting behaviors. Now, I also want to make sure that you pay attention to how your body responds to different foods. So notice how certain foods may energize you while others may leave you feeling a little more sluggish. Just the self-awareness alone can help empower you to make choices that align with your body's needs. And then also pay attention to what's happening in your mind after a meal. Do you feel satisfied and easily able to move on with your day? Do you continue to have thoughts about food soon after a meal? If so, you may not have eaten enough to satisfy your hunger or your food choice may not have been aligned with what would satisfy the taste, texture, and temperature that you were craving. Now, in the last episode, I covered the topic of gentle nutrition, which is the 10th principle of intuitive eating, and it's all about how to approach nutrition in a balanced, sustainable, and health-promoting way. If you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and do that. In it, I cover a variety of ways that you can incorporate gentle nutrition into meals and snacks in a way that really honors your hunger, fullness, and satisfaction, and will keep you fueled and satisfied. I hope that you will apply some of these tips and strategies to help you move further and further away from dieting, to stay connected with your body's wisdom, to help you prevent the starting over tomorrow cycle. And if you feel you would benefit from professional support to help you break this cycle and rebuild a health-promoting, peaceful relationship with food, visit my website at findingfreedomwithfood.com for free resources and some details on my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. You can also visit theintuitiveeatingacademy.com, be sure to include the the, for information on my comprehensive online course that will take you step-by-step -step through the process of making peace with food, rebuilding trust with your body's cues, and so much more to become the intuitive eater that you were born to be. Now, I have one final thought that I want to leave you with. 
as you do this work, be sure to pay attention to the positive changes that you're making along the way, even the small changes. Our brains like to focus on the negatives, and that makes it easy to overlook our progress. Sometimes the small shifts, they're just subtle, but still meaningful and powerful. So I wanna encourage you to take time to reflect on your wins every single week. Okay, that is what I have for you today. I hope that you have an awesome week and I will see you next time. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Finding Freedom with Food podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in this episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave the show a review and let me know what you want to hear more of. Leaving a review will also help others get inspiration, support, and resources to help them on their food freedom journey. If you found this episode helpful, share it on social media and don't forget to tag me at finding.freedom.with.food on Instagram and finding freedom with food without the dots on other social media platforms. And remember, you are not put on this earth to live life obsessed with what you eat and caught up in a never-ending battle with your body. So, Keep focusing on tuning out the diet culture voices and turning up the volume of your body's amazing intuition.